Shalom. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And good morning. We are glad to have you to come and worship with us. Uh, it is so good to have your Bible with you when we listen to the Word of God. I prefer the old Bible. And I'm glad our Sunday student got a Bible, not an iPhone or a tablet with the software inside. They still have the good old Bible with them. I always thank God and for people like Lightcat and Connie who always pray for me if they know that I'm going to share the Word of God. Because, I'd like to share with you, each time I want to share the Word of God in church, something will happen. Something will happen that will prevent me. Something that will disturb me. Yesterday morning, I went for my medical checkup and my doctor was so surprised. How come your blood pressure is not that high? And today, it is so high. So I went back. Last night before I slept, it went down slightly. This morning, it went up again. And I still feel dizzy about it. So uh, please pray for me. Especially, I have to preach again today at 5 p.m. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We pray, Father, that you will cover us with the blood of the Lamb, that we will listen to your word and listen them with all our heart and mind and our soul. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon topic is God's loving kindness. But uh, you are seeing something different on the screen. Those are Hebrew letters. I shall explain to them afterwards. But first, let me share with you a story. There was a lady who had a long hours before her flight took off. And so she went into a bookshop to buy a book to read and also a bag of cookies. She found a place to sit and she sat down. And there was a man who was sitting beside her. And all of a sudden, this man took a cookie from the bag of cookies and ate it. And she saw it and she was annoyed. How could he take a cookie without my permission? So, in order to show her dis uh, displeasure, she herself took another cookie and ate it for the man to see. And the man then took another cookie and ate it. So, there was a cookie-eating competition. And then, there was one last piece of cookie. This man took this last piece of cookie, broke it into two, and gave one piece to her and took one piece for himself. Then it was time to board the plane. She went into the plane and found her seat. She opened her bag, her handbag, and behold, there was her bag of cookies untouched. So, 
who is, who was the cookie thief in the end. Friends, the moral of this story consists of two, stand, two things stand out. One is about kindness of the stranger who was willing to share that cookie, the last piece of cookie, broke it into two and gave her one half piece. And the second point that stands out is about this lady who was suspicious about this man. She thought that this man was what I call very rude and uh, very greedy. So this morning, friends, what I'm going to share with you has these two things in mind, kindness and suspicion. There are three key points here to this sermon. One, God's loving kindness, which is hesed. Second, response to God's hesed. And the third one, love that will not let me go. So we look at the first key point, God's loving kindness. Oops, sorry. I go, I, hold on. I think I went too fast. Just hold on. I don't know why it went out so... I went to the conclusion. <laughs> and you can go home. <laughs> okay. okay. Alright. So let's look at this slide. This is a Hebrew word, hesed. Now, to understand clearly, the Old Testament is to study Hebrew. And now I'm studying Hebrew. So, in my limited knowledge as a beginner, I'd like to share with you very quickly. Hebrew language has 22 letters. They are all consonants. All right? They are not all consonants. The vowels must be together with the consonant in order to be read. And Hebrew is read from right to left. So remember that. We use to read from left to right. This is Hebrew is read from, left, from right to left. Now the first letter has the sound of H. And you see the three dots there. These are vowels. And the vowels is pronounced as eh, as in eh, eh. So it's he. And then the second letter is s, sounds. And then again the eh. Oh, he, said. Then the last one is pronounced with d. So it's hesed. So hesed means God's loving kindness. So that is something about this word hesed. Now, the various, there are various translations of hesed. Uh, if you look at the Bible, and there is no best definition. 
for the word hesed. You can't find one. But it encompasses words like loving kindness, steadfast love, covenant love, and unfailing love. Michael Card spent nearly 10 years to explore the meaning of this word, hesed. Just imagine that. 10 years he spent that. And he wrote a book called Inexpressible. Inexpressible. Just on the word, to explain the word hesed in Hebrew. So the takeaway, friends, this morning, I would like, I prefer Michael Cart's definition of hesed, which says this, when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing, nothing gives me everything, I repeat, his definition, when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. And that is, friends, the love of God. Let's look at the reflection number one. How will a clear understanding of Hesed allow me to be more giving rather than to be than just looking for what I could gain from someone? As before you reply, I just like to make a comment. We have a tendency to gain rather than to give. And so when we come to church, sometimes you see we are more like consumers, what we gain from the church. Rather than to give, that is to be a contributor. In church, we have to be not just spectators, we have to be participants. So how has God poured out his hesed over your life? Let's just spend two minutes to reflect on this.
Now let's move to the second sermon key point, and that is responses to God's has said. Friends, there are three responses to what God has said. First, given and accepted. Second, given but rejected. Third, given but taken lightly. So let's look at given and accepted. Last week, Brother Dongjin was speaking from 2 Samuel chapter 9 in his talk about the kindness which King David showed to Mephibosheth. Now, the kindness of the Hesed was shown to Mephibosheth. He can have the choice of rejecting that kindness or accepting that kindness. Mephibosheth made the right decision to accept the Hesed from King David. And that was the response that Mephibosheth gave to King David. Now remember, Mephibosheth, when he was found by King David, he was living in Lodibar. The Bible tells us, Lodibar. And that word in Hebrew means place of nothing. Can you imagine he came from a place of nothing? If you were to go overseas and say, ask you, where do you come from? I come from a place of nothing. And what will people think? Mephibosheth came from a place of nothing. Not only that, he was crippled in both legs. Now, if you were to go back to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, you will find he was told that when Saul and his father Jonathan died in the battle at Mount Geboa, the nurse was in a hurry, so scared that Mephibosheth would be killed by the enemies of Israel. And so she carried him, although she was five years old. And in a hurry, she dropped him, and he was crippled in both legs. He fell, in fact. He fell, and then he was crippled. Mephibosheth fell. How does this teach us? Man fell. Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. And we all, each one of us, from the race of Adam and Eve, we also fell. And not only fell, we are also spiritually crippled. Just like Mephibosheth. But then one thing, in spite of our fallen nature, and in spite that we are spiritually crippled because of sin, the wrath of God was upon us. Yet God seek us out. Just like King David sought out Mephibosheth. How great God's love is how great his asset for us. God has a place for each one of us, friends. Regardless of our flaws and shortcomings, 
In 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 13, we were told Mephibosheth eats at the table of King David not once, but continually for the rest of his life. Imagine you are invited by our young Pertuan Agong to have a dinner with him. You will feel very proud. But there's only once. But what about if the Agong tells us you will feast at my table every day of your life? King David invited Mephibosheth to feed at his table continually, without stop. Friends, there is also one wedding dinner or supper of the Lamb where we will dine with Jesus in heaven. We will forever feast at his table. And that, friends, is the kindness of God. And that is God's has said. Oh, we have heard about how Mephibosheth accepted okay, uh, the kindness of King David. But then let's look at a second response. Given the Hesed, but rejected. And that is the main passage of today's passage that was read. 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1 to 19. Has there been a time, friends, when someone rejected your kindness? Worse still, your kindness had been perceived negatively with suspicion and scorn, just like the lady in the cookie thief story. You know, we have, we have read of a case of a Malaysian member of parliament who faced suspicion, scorn, and even hostility when he helped a food delivery man by buying him a motorcycle so that he can earn a living? Skeptical people will ask, is there an agenda when somebody, when someone showed kindness? An act which was meant to be helpful is rejected. And this happened to King David. Rejected. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1 to 5, which I've read, and let me just read it very quickly. In the course of time, the king of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun succeeded him as king. Let me just stop here. And sometimes when we read the Bible, we say Ammonites, Amorites, Jebusites, all those, uh, and then we, 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 we neglect them because they are all sites. But if we look at the Ammonites, who were the Ammonites? The Ammonites came from the descendant of Lot, who had an incestuous relationship with his youngest daughter. The son was called Ben-Ami. So they came from Ben-Ami. And they were known as the Ammonites who were constantly at war with Israel. And modern day, right, we say Ben-Ami is now Jordan. We talk about Ammon at that time. Ammon is now known as Amman, the capital of Jordan. If we look at verse 2, David thought, I will show kindness to Hanun, son of Nahesh, as his, just as his father showed kindness to me. Oh, Nahesh, 
Those of us who read the Bible in First Samuel, Nahash is a rascal. To be a rascal is actually a very polite way of saying. He's worse than a rascal. Why? He wanted to attack the men of Jabesh Gilead. Gilead. And the men said, and the people of Jabesh Gilead said, please don't attack us. Give us time to think about it. And he says, well, if you don't give me the answer, I'm, I'm going to gorge out your right eye. Can you imagine that? He humiliated the people of Israel, especially the men of Jabesh Gilead. I will take out your right eye. That's what Nahash did. But then, here we said, here we read, the Bible tells us that Nahash showed kindness to David. So, how could that be, this rascal? We don't know exactly what kindness Nahash showed to David, but there's a possibility that when David was running away from King Saul, Nahash protected him. And not only that, King Saul was Nahash's common enemy also. So David sent a delegation, that means his ambassadors, to express his sympathy to Hanun concerning his father. When David's men came to the land of the Ammonites, the Ammonite commander said to Hanun, their Lord, do you think David is cornering your father by sending envoys to you to express sympathy? Hasn't David sent them to do you only to explore the city and spy it out and overthrow it? Can you see? Kindness was met with suspicion. And even in our modern days, even in Malaysia, kindness sometimes is met with suspicion. Not only suspicion, but hostility, and people attack you even for that. Verse 4, so Hanun seized David's envoy, shaved off half of each man's beard, cut off their garments at the, at the buttocks, and sent them away. Not only the, they rejected the kindness of David, you know what they did? They cut off not the whole beard, half the beard. And that is a great insult and humiliation for the Jews. You know, it's, it's like, just imagine, you have only half a beard. They never shaved their beard. And not only that, to add more insult, they cut off their garments at the buttocks to expose the back. That is really humiliation. Verse 5, when David was told this, he sent messengers to meet the men, for they were greatly humiliated. The king said, stay at Jericho till your birds have grown, and then come back. David was such a kind king. He told the men, don't come back, because it is very embarrassing to have half the beard. They must wait for the beard to, to be grown fully. So, friends, not only does Hanun reject God's kindness, he insults the messengers. By the way, Nahesh, uh, Nahesh is fa the father of Hanun. Uh, the Hebrew word means what, you know? Serpent. His name translated as serpent. Hanun in Hebrew is favored. Just look at what they did to the messengers of King David or the ambassadors. They insult them. To insult the ambassadors of the king 
is to insult the king indirectly. And it reminds us of Jesus and his ambassadors like us who bear the good news. And sometimes we were insulted, we were humiliated, and sometimes people were very hostile to us. Let me stress another point uh, here. Oh, yeah. Hanun's suspicion uh, actually came from his noble advisors. But sometimes, you see, like the member of parliament uh, who was met with hostility and suspicion, actually, there were people who advised him, who advised him what to do. And they then insulted the member of parliament. You see, what sort of, what sort of advices do we have in our lives? We have to be very careful with the advices in our life. Third point, given but taken lightly. And I, I took this scripture verse from Romans 2.4. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? The question, friends, is this today. I urge you to meditate on it to ponder on it carefully. Have we taken God's kindness lightly? Because friends, the kindness of God leads to what we call in, the, in Romans 2, 4, leads to repentance. It leads to repentance. Are you experiencing a false security as a Christian? We think that as a Christian, once we become a Christian, we do not need to repent anymore. We repented once, and that is once for a lifetime. No. Are you presuming upon the kindness of God for you? We sing about the goodness of God. Actually, we should sing it every day. It reminds us of the goodness of God to us. How God has been kind to each one of us. Are you assuming that you are at peace with God in fact, when in fact you are not? You are fighting against God? Just like Hanun, Fighting against the kindness of God? Is repentance merely a one-time thing, one thing that you do? The takeaway, friends, from these three responses is this. Accept God's hazard with a full heart. Do not take it lightly. Our reflection, second reflection is, do you take lightly the kindness and forbearance and patience of God? Let God speak to your heart and confess to God, I have not taken your kindness seriously. I've been taking it so lightly. I've been taking it for granted. So let's spend two minutes to reflect.
The third and final key point is all love that will not let you go. I will say to you personally, all love that will not let me go. This is the hymn, friends, we are going to sing today before we close the service. This hymn was written by George Matheson. In this hymn, he talks about God's said, which is never limited, different from our love, which can be limited, given to somebody. Never conditional, no if. Never withdrawn, even though we have done something wrong against the Lord, we have sinned against the Lord. And it's never uncertain. His said, friends, is certain for each one of us. And George Madison wrote this hymn in five minutes. In five minutes. And there was no correction at all after he had made this, he has written this hymn. No correction. It was perfect. If I can read to you about how he described God's extra, extravagant love, let me just read to you the first stanza of this hymn. O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. George Matheson wrote this hymn when he was very down. He was 19 years old and he was going to be blind. He was helped by his sister who helped him through seminary in, in the university and he graduated. And then comes the time when his sister wants to get married. He was alone. In fact, his fiancé wanted to marry him. When his fiancé discovered that he's going to be blind, she broke off the engagement. She said, I do not want to live with a blind man. Can you imagine, friends, how hurtful he was? So, in that moment of pain, he wrote this hymn. Oh, love that will not let me go. I always love hymns because hymns were written by people. These hymn writers, they have a meaningful relationship with God and they can express what they feel. And the Holy Spirit, who gave the inspiration to George Matheson to write in five minutes, can you imagine? You write in five minutes to compose this hymn? Five minutes? without a single correction, this can only be done with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the takeaway, friends, is this. God's love, God's has said, is a love that will never let you go, each one of us. No matter how bad we are, we consider ourselves 
how unworthy we are, like maybe Bosheth, from Lodibar, a place of nothing, yet God gave him that his kindness, friends. It's up to us to accept his kindness today. And our last reflection is this. Meditate on God's words to us in Romans 8, verse 38 to 39, which says that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. A love that will not let me go. Let us spend two minutes to reflect on this. My conclusion is this, friends. God's love, or has said, is the love that will never let us go. But friends, this is not the end of the sermon today because I'm going to show you something before I really conclude today's sermon. I'm showing you here a picture of a drawbridge which is across the river. And the bridge, the drawbridge is used to what? So that trains can pass through the river. And this happens at the Mississippi River. I shall ask Potion to play with you this video of a man whose love, who sacrificed his son. Each time I watch, it's heart-wrenching and bring tears to my eyes. 
Friends, what you saw is self-explanatory. I don't have to emphasize on that anymore. The message has been sent to you clear. A sacrifice of somebody so dear to these men. He has to sacrifice son. Because hundreds of passengers on the train will die. When the train goes into the river. And so, friends, this reminds us during the land season. We have to remind ourselves of Christ's great love for us. That we should not take God's headset so lightly. His son died on the cross. His son was humiliated, scorned, beaten, and suffered a terrible death on the cross for you and for me. The invitation, friends, is here is shown here in Christ Jesus. Because without Christ, you will never know the kindness of God. God did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him for us because of our sins. So if you are here today and you have not received the love of God in your heart, I pray this is an invitation for you to accept Christ into your life. I would you like you to say this prayer with me if you're online even to ask Christ to come into your life. Just repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin so that I could be fully acceptable, accepted by you. Only you can give me the power to change and become the person you created to be, me to be. Thank you for forgiving me and giving me eternal life. I give my life to you. Please do it as you wish. If you sincerely say this prayer in your heart and ask Christ to come to your life, please see the pastor or the leaders of the church. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness, loving kindness toward us. Forgive us if we take your loving kindness for granted. Though the mountains may depart and the hills may shake, we believe that your loving kindness will not depart from us. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow us all the days of our life. And we enjoy your precious, everlasting and sweet loving kindness in the church life all the days of our life. Thank you for your loving kindness and compassion in forgiving our sins, healing us, redeeming us and caring for us. It is your loving kindness that we are not consumed for your compassions do not fail. They are new every morning. Amen.